Jenna. Hi, Julie. Is that pretty good? Was that good? That was right but We're getting better. So good. So let's hear the real one. Nice. <laughs> Make sure to put the song there. Oh, other than that, we'd that's a really good videos. idea. Yeah. Note to self, please. Add. Insert theme song. Insert theme song. Excellent. Cool. Well, happy Halloween, Jenna. Yay! Yay! Merry Check. Halloween. <laughs> happy Merry Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> Technically, it's the day after Halloween. Yeah. Hello. But it's okay. I'm really okay. It's de las, de las mortas. De las, de... I'm not. I'm de la, oh the no, day of the dead. We want to go home. <laughs> de de la combin, de want to go home. That one, that one. Yeah. From Beetlejuice. It's one of my favorite movies. I don't think that's from Beetlejuice. No, but it's, you it know. It was played in Beetlejuice. Yeah. Which it's, I still haven't seen. Oh, we'll watch it. Yeah. We'll watch it. I feel like Halloween is over now, though. Because, I mean, one, you guys are listening to it when Halloween is officially over, but we're recording on Monday, so technically Halloween is not for two more days. But Jenna had an amazing Halloween party this weekend, and uh, you get dressed up for it, Mm -hmm. and you come, and you play games, and you sing karaoke, and you eat lots of candy. Lots. And drink what you want, and it's legal, so you can smoke whatever you want, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very exciting for almost everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. Except it was a little bit of a downer for one person at that party. <laughs> Jenna, you want to tell us who it was a downer for? Uh, you know, a- along with tricks and treats and friends and fun, you also get the added uh, choice of breaking your pinky toe. <laughs> you Well, not everybody. I did. Just Jenna. Yeah, I broke my pinky toe. What, the host <clears throat> of the party. 30 freaking minutes before everybody was supposed to show up. I was driving on my way here you when, were. when it happened. They were. Yeah. And uh, I had a I had to attend a Halloween emergency that left me with a broken pinky toe as I sprinted across my living room to go attend to it and I got it caught in a bar stool and yeah, basically when the my pinky toe is supposed to only be straight, but the bar stool decided to prevent it from staying straight and now it looks like a banana. Well, if it helps, all my toes are really crooked from smashing into so many things, too. So we can be toe twinsies. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun time. You can't be part of our club unless your toes are your toes creepy are broken. And crooked. It's cool. The, the doctor was really nice. He actually let me. I asked him if I could t- take a printed copy of my own x-ray home. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do that, unfortunately. But I can let you take a picture of it. So those pictures I sent you were my cool doctor letting me. Take a, take a take a screenshot of it. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's it was it was a really really fun Halloween party. I hobbled around. I managed. I refused to go to the hospital. Probably a dumb move on my part. But are you kidding me? What are you gonna do with a broken toe? They can't do anything. Nothing. Anyway. And so. I wasn't uh, I wasn't about to miss out on the most epic Halloween party of the century. No, That's of true. the of the year. But it it turned out really well. I thank you so much for coming. By the way. Oh. It was so awesome to have you. Us. 
Yeah, it was really awesome. It was good. To it was fun. not not to be in a, a setting where it wasn't work related. It was it was these like these apartments. There's mm-hmm. like two apartments. Mm-hmm. And they were so insanely decked out, <laughs> which some of it is still in Jenna's place right now. Um I can't I can't. I can't even like there was a bedroom with a body in the bed. Uh, there was like Halloween paraphernalia all over the walls. Um, th- there's like alien eggs oozing pus. Everything was like glow in the dark. There was like blood sheets thingy majiggies that you have to walk through to get into her place, <laughs> which I didn't want to do because if somebody was on the other side to scare me, I would have punched them in the face. <laughs> um, there was like a body being like having like having surgery or yep. something on it with blood and gloves like mm, latex gloves and I don't I, scenes crime scenes um it was just I can't there was too much too much going on and it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing I can't I know I'm forgetting so many things yeah no yeah well like our apartment was sort of set as a theater from the 1920s it was supposed to be a theater for like people to come and watch movies that didn't really pan out all that well but then we ended up playing jackbox which was oodles of fun and yes julie you did amazing at <laughs> the killing floor in uh, jackbox four that was the very first game that we played oh. for your first time you did spectacular she's very nice to me right now i didn't do that good oh you did i, was okay. I mean i wasn't last Wait, hey by the way which finger did you cut off in the okay see I cut I cut off the pinky, <laughs> which is funny, but I didn't even know what I was doing. Cause oh. if you guys don't know what Jackbox TV is, like it's on your phone and on the TV. So I'm looking up at the TV and they're like, tap what finger you want to, to like cut off. I'm thinking, how are they going to know which finger I'm touching? I didn't look at my phone screen and I just tapped it with any, with my thumb actually. Yeah. And then it said like, oh, you're pinky. And I was like, how does, why would it say pinky? I didn't understand. But then it's because it was on my phone, but I wasn't looking down. You know what? It's very <laughs> stressful for somebody who's not used to technology, but it was fun and I would totally want to play it. Yeah. It's, it's, it, that's kind of usually what happens when we get a whole bunch of people together. We can't make up our minds on, do we go for dinner? Do we do this? Do we this? Just play Jackbox. Yeah. And it's always hilar- hilarious. Yes. Hilarity ensues. Nice. So it was a good weekend. But yeah, Halloween feels a little bit over, but not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Everybody look left. (laughs) Everybody look right. (laughs) Everywhere you look, I'm standing spotlight. Not yet. You've going around all day, (laughs) doing it my way. Do I sound like a young JTT? Yeah, you do. Oh, I had the Eight biggest crush on that guy. D- from uh, oh, Tool Time? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Home Improvement? Mm-hmm. That's right. I improvement. swore I was going to marry that guy. He was a hottie. Holy moly, was he ever. I mean, yeah. he's probably like five foot, and I'm like six foot, so it would have been a little awkward. But no, you make it work. I would have made it work. I remember watching, uh, what movie was it? I'll Be Home for Christmas yes, with him? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. So, what happened to that guy? I don't know. Like, I don't know what happened to any of the Home Improvement kids. Didn't it come back? Aren't they doing a remake or something? No, Tim Allen's in this really, in my opinion, not so great TV show called The Last Man Standing, where it's, he's got, like, all, all of his children are women, and he's surrounded by a lot of women, and apparently you make a TV show about your struggles as a man with being surrounded by a lot of women. Well... 
I think that's the premise. So pretty much Dexter. Oh, <laughs> he manages. He does manage. Yeah. By the way, we're not talking about Dexter, the TV show. No. Nope. Which is great. It is great. Talking about my Dexter. The sexy, the one, the only. He looked great, by the way, at ha- both of you. Like oh. hottest, like award for hottest costume goes to Julian Dexter. That's because I was wearing your clothes. <laughs> and that's true. I was. Which, which, hey, well, of course it was for a Wonder Woman costume, so... Well, but I looked wonderful full? in it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. It was fun. I kind of want to wear a corset every day. It's then do it. Sucks it all in. Tucks it in. I mean, and it feels move. good. Well, you, yeah. I had to take mine off like halfway through the night because it just made everything uncomfortable with the broken toe. It's true. And then you put on your murderino shirt. I did. Yeah. I did. Julie helped me get into my corset at first. I did. It was awesome. It, 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 I've never been like Victorian styled, like shoved into a corset before. And it was epic. Like I felt like Queen Victoria and her... Chom, damn show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, seeing as it's Halloween. Yep. Uh, I think it's only fitting that we kind of... Do Halloween-based themed things? Maybe. What do you think? Well, okay. I mean, I've got a... I've got an interesting tale. I don't really have... I have a horrible story. So, I'm going first this week, which I'm happy about, because I don't think this is a story you should end on. But... <laughs> Um, it's a horrible story and I hemmed and hawed about doing it, but I did it. So you can listen to it or you can not listen to it. But I'm excited. It's fascinating. Okay, let's do I'm this. I'm ready for this. All right. Oh, by the way, I'm going to mispronounce everything and I don't care. So Segawa all the way. <laughs> by the way, we keep referring to that because that's not how you say that Japanese cannibal's name. Um, but I don't care. Okay, so my story is about Santos Godino, Argentina's jug-eared monster and child killer. Okay. Have you heard of him? No. Okay, I've never heard of him, and when I read it, this is a story that I didn't think was true. Yeah. Because I was reading it in a book. I took everything from The World's Most Bizarre Murders, and I'm pretty much reading you the book, really. And, um... I had to Google it because I didn't think it was a true story. I'm like, obviously, this has got to be fake. No, it's real. And Wikipedia backed up these... these. Uh, anyway, it's... Okay. So I figured because it's Halloween, mm-hmm. might as well give a true monster story. <gasps> okay. While there has been many cases of children who kill, perhaps none has been instinctively savage and ferocious as that of... Santos Gaudino. Being the sixth of seven children, he was born on October 31st, Aww. 1896. Lucky. Yep. I would love to have been born on Halloween. You don't want, you don't want to be this guy, though. Oh, no. no uh, definitely so not. he's born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. So well done. Thank you. Okay, I didn't know. Good me. pronunciation. Uh, so he was deformed at birth with saucer-sized ears a short body, and overly long arms and legs. He soon became known as the neighborhood freak. Dubbed El Petisu Orejudo, or the short, big-eared one. Well done. By the way, I don't speak Spanish at all, so just bear with me. So he grew up in the neighborhood of Parque Patricios. Today, it is a pleasant enough area of Buenos Aires, uh, with high-rise apartments and trees that line the streets. A hundred years ago, though, 
It was a poverty-stricken slum mm. and home to an enormous slaughterhouse. So four whole blocks were cut off each day uh, to let the cattle like driven in, and they were killed in the streets. What? Yeah, in plain view of all the residents. So as this, that's gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. Like, so as the sight of blood and screaming cattle in the morning wasn't enough uh, for the locals at night. All the rest of the city's waste was brought to Parque Patricios and then burnt. Can Why? we take a moment to think of how bad that would smell? Yeah. So there would still be blood all over the streets and like chunks of cow and then burning garbage. So it's like stale blood, burning garbage. Holy shit. That's not good for anybody. No. No. And for and for authorities or, or people to think that this is okay like okay you know nobody's gonna really no one from this area is gonna care if we do this it'll be fine yeah i mean it was yeah it was that's back, just it was back wrong. in the day but then i feel like even for back then yeah this whole story is like still i don't know if it was um i don't know like it must have been i don't know i don't know how many people were in this little area of town but uh, so that area was it was horrible. The hair the area was known because of the houses were often made of salvaged junk as the city of tin mm-hmm. or the bonfire because that's where they burnt all the garbage. Uh, the majority of people who lived there were Spanish or Italian immigrants who had come to Argentina looking for a new life and found themselves working at starvation wages in the local slaughterhouse. So it wasn't the best. No. But one person got to know the streets really well, and that would be Argentina's first and most notorious serial killer. So Gardino's home life was horrible, as most serial killers are. Uh, He spent most of his time trying to avoid it. In school, he would get expelled almost instantly from every institution he had ever attended, at the age of 10, he took to wandering the streets, returning home only when hunger drove him there. His father had been a drunk as long as he could remember and would often beat his wife and his kids senseless. But Godino, uncontrollable at, from the start, would get special attention, and his father would frequently thrash him around uh, the head with a belt buckle. By the time he was 16, he had 27 scars on his head to prove that. So... This is horrible. And it gets into some of his physical attributes, too. And again, you're looking at, like, back in the day, I want to say, like, uneducated people in general, like, not aware. Anyway, it gets... Now, now, uh, did you find anything about any head trauma? Like, besides the findings on his head of these incidents? No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything starts really young. Yeah. And these these... wounds like if you're getting whipped by like the belt buckle of something i would assume at some point you're having some sort of head trauma yeah um but but nothing that was i feel like this one runs deeper than okay that. uh so most people thought of of godino 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 i think so, no, as sounds right slightly demented but harmless local pest but behind his vacant gaze he was fairly a resourceful killer at the age of seven he would keep busy by torturing to death animals, mm. anything he can get his little hands on. And he would keep the dead bodies of the animals under his bed in a box. Ew. Yes. Um, oh, also, because he would walk around and do that. And at the same time, with his little walks around town, he would also lure children to abandoned houses and wastelands and murder them. What? Oh, right. That's the story I'm telling. Oh, um, uh, what? 
So it took him a while oh to gosh. get it right. Again, back when he was seven fucking years old, he beat up 17-month-old Miguel de Pauli and then threw him into a razor-sharp thorn bush. <gasps> but was spotted by a policeman who had seen the small boy crying and rushed over to see what was happening. The resourceful Santos began caressing the boy and told the police officer that he found him in the bush and insisted he take him back to his mother. When he got the child back to the mother, he was rewarded with some sweets. Gondino wasn't the brightest, but he was cunning. Of the 11 times he tried to kill... He was interrupted five times by nearby adults or police, but managed to talk his way out every time. Unbelievable. Yeah, even when he was taken to the police station, which happened three times, his age worked in his favor, obviously, because he was so young that he was released. And then on top of that, some of his victims were too young to even talk. Uh, that makes me it, sick. It's, it's like horrible on all sides. Like you feel horrible from this kids who had like you think he had like no no chance in life but then this is just he was seven seven years seven old Seven fucking years old to have that much hate and anger <sighs> anyway a year after trying to kill de paolo de Pauli, he hospitalized toddler toddler anna neary for six months after trying to cave her head in with a rock uh, oh, believing that she was dead he went looking for her father and then told him that he had found her lying on the ground because that she had fallen over so she had fallen over and she found her like that mm-hmm. shortly after he officially claimed his first fatality he was never able to remember her Sorry, shortly after that, he officially claimed his first fatality. He was never able to remember her name, and her body was never discovered. But he did remember later that she was too young to walk, so he had carried her to an abandoned patch of land where he buried her alive. Fuck! Oh, it's like all of the nightmares coming in at once. Oh my god. I know. Oh, I'm just picturing it right now. He's like and it's... a little monster. Yep. So yeah. in March 1906, he was nine years old. Santos' father found a dead bird in his boot, uh, a nice present from his son. Yeah. His, fi- his father, abusive drunk father, finally gave up on him and took him to the local police station, complaining that his son was utterly indifferent to any kind of authority whatsoever, as well as hurling rocks to the neighbors and seriously er- injuring them and how he was also attacking his brothers and sisters. His father told police that if they didn't take him into some kind of custody, he would, quote, kill the little bugger himself. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Gondino spent two months at, in a reform school, but was uh, soon back to his usual tricks and some new ones. So at the age of 10, he discovered the wonders of masturbation. Oh, lovely. Yes, and started masturbating three times a day. Now, at that time, masturbating was illegal. Now, I don't... I just read that, and I... It made me laugh, obviously. (laughs) Um, So he was really a lawbreaker. How dare he? Oh, fun fact. Did you know that Kellogg's, the cereal, was invented to try to get kids to stop masturbating? Oh, my gosh. I think I knew something like that. Yeah. Didn't they put something in there? I don't know. I know. I don't. I don't know. But I just remember hearing, uh, I think it was on Radio Labs, that when Kellogg's, the cereal, first came out, Dr. Kellogg, I think that's what his name was, 
um, said what he marketed it as a way to get your kids to stop masturbating. What the? I, I feel like I like you're like digging up some old sort of memory. There was it's true. There was something about it. I don't know if it's the the way they wrote it or maybe I feel like they put something in there. I don't know. But that is hilarious. I'll have to look it up. Don't masturbate. Eat cereal. Yeah. Mm. Kellogg's, the anti-masturbation cereal. Don't vlog your log. <laughs> Eat Kellogg's. <gasps> that was so good. <laughs> hey, Kellogg's, give us a call if you want to try that marketing scheme again. It won't work. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so masturbating. But meanwhile, he still continued um, attacking kids. So in 1908, now he's 12, um, he tried to burn a girl's eyes out of her socket. Holy shit. By setting fire to her eyelashes. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. He also tra- tried to drown a 22-month-old uh, girl, Ser- Sever- uh, Severino Gonzalez Calo, in a water trough. Luckily, a farmer heard screaming and came to her aid. Santos blamed the crime on a short woman dressed in black, explaining that he had actually come to the little girl's assistant, assistance and luckily arrived just in time to save her. What what a hero. What a when, hero. When a hero comes along. No, he doesn't deserve that song. Not a hero. I mean, obviously we're making a joke, but shit. That's awful. So after another couple of months had elapsed, his parents simply couldn't stand him. You know, with the masturbation and everything yeah. too. Uh, so he, they put him into another much tougher reform school. He would stay there for the next three years until he was 15. And it was on his release that his true reign of terror began. Oh, wait, this isn't? No, this is just like this a walk is... in the park right now. This is like the sprinkles on top of your, your cupcake right this now. This is the prologue to like the, the real story almost? Yeah, oh yeah we God. haven't even started the real story. Shit. So reform school just made him worse. Uh, he was able to escape most nights, and he escaped with uh, his only friend. <laughs> he then began stealing watches and selling them to buy alcohol. He was soon drinking almost as much as his pops, and also discovered another new hobby. Mm-hmm. So maybe due to the fact that he was raised around garbage being set on fire every night, he was now unable to resist setting fire to anything that looked like it could go up in flames. He was a pyro. Thief. Murderer and now pyromaniac. Wow. He set fire to wine to a wine cellar, a lumber mill, a shop, uh, train stations, and two warehouses. Holy shit. Yeah, he was busy. I just picture this kid in a forest going, hey guys, let's try to start a bonfire. Not fucking trying to burn the entire town down. Everything. Holy and, moly. And then you, like, you're thinking of the description they gave him, which is the physical attributes doesn't matter in a sense, but... You know, it, they, it really kind of loops around to this area. So he's, like, short. He's got a small torso, long limbs, big ears. And he's, like, a monster. Yeah. So people are really, like, thinking this guy is a monster. And born on Halloween on top of that. Yeah. Now, I don't know. He's the spawn of Satan. Do they celebrate Halloween in Argentina? Oh. Um, I just realized that. That's and- an interesting question. And I may be able to answer that for you in my story. Oh, shit. Is it about Argentina? No. Oh. No. Okay, pause there and then we'll pin that, pin that, pin that, pin that shit. Um, So by this time, residents of Parque Patricios were keeping their fair distance from from him, but children would could be lured by treats as he figured out, so he could like lure them away. Right. He also began carrying around a homemade garrote 
I don't know how to say that in Spanish, but I it's a Spanish word for like um, uh, it's like a weapon. It's handheld to like for ligatures to choke to strangle people. Oh, so it can be made out of chain, rope, scarf, wire, fishing line. Okay, anything to be just be able to strangle somebody. So he he's carried around a homemade one. So I'm curious as to what it looked like. Yeah. All right, let's get started. In 1912, he committed three murders. In January, he tempted 13-year-old Arturo Lorora to an empty house, tied him to the floors, removed his trousers and underpants, and then strangled him to death. A month later, he crept up behind a five-year-old girl who was looking into a shoe shop window and set her dress on fire, leaving her to die. Fuck. And just before Christmas, he encountered 18-month-old Jesualdo Giordano and asked the boy where the nearest sweet shop was. When the boy showed him, Gondino said he wanted to reward him for showing him the way. They went together to the shop, and Gondino told the boy he would walk him home. He then led the boy to an abandoned house. As the boy did not want to go into the house, Gondino grabbed his leg and dragged him into the house. No. He stretched the boy out onto the floor and tried to strangle him with a rope. But the boy kept on struggling, so Gondino tied him up, then decided to drive a nail through his skull. (gasps) While looking for a nail, he left the building and ran into the boy's father, who asked him if he had seen his son. Mm. Gondino told him that he had not then helpfully suggested that he go to the police station. He then went back into the abandoned house, finished the job, and went home. Holy crap. The boy's father kept looking for his son. He looked all over until he entered the abandoned building. And there, amongst the rubble and rubbish, was his son. At first, he thought he had found him, like, hiding, so he called out his name. And when he didn't get a response, he moved closer and then he saw him that he needed help. So he quickly took him into his arms and with desperation and grief started running with the boy to the house, to his house that was a short distance away. He didn't realize he was carrying a corpse in his arms. As the boy was still warm, but once inside the house and surrounded by his wife and neighbors, it was confirmed that his son had been horribly murdered. Oh my God, how heartbreaking. He's just thinking, and it's true, like that goes to like your mentality of like, you see your son and you're thinking, obviously he's not dead. Like, come on, get up, get up. Like, it's enough. Don't even play around. Like, you gotta, uh So that night, the boy's father held a wake for his son. Uh, and amongst those who came was Santos Gandino. No. He approached the coffin and then reached in and touched the skull. Mm. He was curious to see if the nail, which he had driven into the toddler's skull that morning, was still there. Holy shit. That's so creepy. Uh, Now, Gaudino didn't know this, but at this point, he was under police surveillance. Finally. So a girl who had been playing with Hezwaldo, Hezwaldo, when he had been abducted, had clearly remembered his murderer and described him to the police. After the wake, Gondino returned home for a while and then went out to buy the evening edition of the local paper. (laughs) Now, as he was illiterate, because he didn't go to school, he went to his friend's house and got him to read aloud the article about the murder, then tore it out and put it in his pocket. The press, who were having an absolute field day with the crime, were already hinting that an arrest was imminent, but that didn't bother Gondino. He simply went home. And he was drinking tea when the police arrested him and took him in for questioning. Fuck. Yeah. So there's a, a newspaper 
la raison i don't know how to say it but like la raison is what it looks like newspaper so they reported at the time that godino said that the boy had gone with him to the store where godino bought two cents worth of candy and gave some to the toddler and when the boy started asking for his father he gave the boy three more candies and managed to get him as far away from that corner as he can Mm. and where and he approached him to the deserted house with an empty expression he calmly told the police that he had killed another three children and tried to kill another seven he complained to the interrogators that he suffered from terrible headaches and said that while being in the grip of an overpowering urge to kill Besides the three murders he had committed that year, he also lured two other girls from their homes and tried to beat them to death uh, within the last week. He also confessed that he had tried to strangle two-year-old Roberto Russo to death in an abandoned house in November. According to police records, Gondino confesses that he did all of it for fun and for entertainment, that it was purely the desire to kill that was a motivation to carry out his act due to the fact that it gave him pleasure. Oh my God. And he says, and why not? He had been acting well within his rights, he told the police. No. After plenty of people do it all the time, he added, it would really cheer me up to kill kids from the local hospital as well as confessing to all of these crimes against children and frequent arson attacks, police records reveal that Gandino also confessed to having stabbed a horse to death. Holy shit. Like, that's so much hatred. I mean, first of all, you think you're stabbing... Like, children are easy targets. Yeah. Like, they're not really going to fight back. And even the, the, the one kid who was fighting back, it was almost too much for him, right? To be able to stab a horse, like, that's freaking... Like, it's a huge dedi- monster. That's a huge beast. Yes. That's a a big, beautiful beast, but yeah, well, yeah, that's a like you have to throw a lot of your own energy and your own weight and and uh, to try and yeah, it must be some like adrenaline surge of some sort to be able to find that power. And yeah, because if he was around seven when this happened, and no, this time he's um, when he killed the horse. He, oh yeah, we don't we don't know when he killed. the Oh, horse, so we don't know the he's age. 12, okay, he's twelve now, but or no. 15. 15? He's 15 now. Yeah. So uh, between the age of seven to now, yeah, he that he could have... But you're still a, you're still a tiny kid. Who, you can be a grown-ass man. And how... Like, to kill a horse? Yeah. Anyway. I'm I not, mean, if he doesn't... Clearly, he didn't do it with a gun, so it's not... He stabbed it, yeah. He stabbed it. So, yeah, you've got to throw a lot of your force and your weight and a lot of anger. Yeah. I guess if wow. he was in a stable, too, I don't know. Oh. Uh, right? As he recounts these incidences, the official report reads, He does so with the utmost indifference, affirming that he found pleasure in harming and killing animals. Indeed, he shows not the slightest remorse for his act, talks lucidly, and shows satisfaction while recounting them. He says that he masturbates frequently and that he has had no dealings at all with women, but that the sight of them he finds quite agreeable. Hmm. He drinks strong alcohol on a regular basis and had done so ever since he was 12 when he started drinking four glasses of whiskey per day. I can't even get through one. I, I can't even swallow one one sip of it. Whiskey, that's hard. Oh that burns. God. Yeah. He's had little to no schooling. He is illiterate, but is capable of signing his own name. And manipulation. He has a good memory and has many interesting physical characteristics and would be an interesting subject for further study. Again, this is what the report says. 
So La Raison, Ra Razin, La Razin, also managed to interview him shortly after his official confession. And this is him. Many mornings after the usual moaning from my father and brothers and sisters, I would leave my house with the idea of finding work. And as I never found any, I found myself feeling that I wanted to kill someone. So I would look for someone to kill. If I found some kid, I would take him somewhere and strangle him. The journalist asked him if he felt remorse for his crimes. And he says, I felt some regret, but only for a moment. Last night, I went to Hezwaldo's house. Uh, and saw the boy in the box. I felt like crying, and then I ran out of there because I was afraid. It's like he was afraid of his own feelings. Yeah. So if he had a slight moment of humanity, it scared him so much. Fuck. As Gondino awaited trial, some of the most eminent doctors and physiatrists in the country examined him. So I didn't know what a physiatrist was. I looked it up because I thought it was a wrong, um, like, Sounds like spelling. Yeah. So it's uh, something, I should look it up to have the proper definition, but it's like somebody who looks at physical traits, I think linked to either diseases or that kind of thing. So I'm assuming back in the day, it was more like, well, he doesn't look right. So maybe this is a link to why he's crazy or insane. Oh, okay, okay. And this continues... For the rest of his life. So right. because he looks like a freak, he must be a freak. Freak. So it's not technically like a psychologist where they get into the brain and look in there. This is a per this uh, this is a person who looks at like um, physical traits of oh you've got a weird ear so therefore it must be associated with anger or something along the lines of, yes. of that no i think oh, here we go physical medicine and rehabilitation also known as physiatry this is that what i said um oh physiatrist physiatry it's a branch of medicine that aims to enhance and restore functional ability and quality of life to those with physical impairments and disabilities oh. Oh, a physician of completed training in the field referred to a physicist now i looked up another definition where i'm getting where like yeah, so I think it's essentially in this case they're looking at the physical traits to that, but I okay, because I don't think he had any pain in that. I mean, he had pain in the head, but mm -hmm. so I guess maybe in today's world, as people who help people with physical disabilities, that anyway, if you're a physiatrist, <laughs> please email us. Yeah, at artofmurderpodcast at gmail dot com. Perfect. We haven't received any emails, so please send us some emails. No, but we have we have we have received messages on Facebook yes. and Instagram. So thank you for that. Yeah, I would take in a moment to do a shout out. We're just going to interrupt the story for a second. Is that okay? We don't have to. Well, we can. Okay, because we're talking now. Anyway. Sure, let's do it. Stay tuned. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to. Um, it's the best is to find out that you have family members that are murderinos, <laughs> and my cousin Eric. <gasps> I don't know if I'm allowed to say your last name, but I did. Um, I he, can bleep it out if you need me to. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, he <laughs> he messaged me saying how he's excited to know that other family members are murderinos, and he is listening to our podcast. Yay! Thank you, Aiden. That's amazing. He also has his own farm, him and his wife, Peggy. Whoa. And they do all this organic stuff. It's called Three Forks Farm. Oh, that's such a cute name. It's in uh, Warren, Ontario. Warren, Ontario. So it's just out of Sudbury. Uh, and yes, so if you see Three Forks Farm, or you can order baskets from them, or go to their website or their Facebook page and order, because organic is fantastic. I would love to do that. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. They could be our first spooky sponsor. 
Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> get all your fresh farmed eggs from Three Forks Farm. Three Forks Farm. That's so cool. You're you have really cool family members that, who are big murderinos. I did. It's like I'm finding out. Um, yeah, and my other cousin is one too, but I don't know if she listened to us yet. I don't. None of my family has. My mom started listening. Listening. I think she listened to. She listened to the first one, the ghost episode that no longer exists. Yes. And um, yeah, I think it's funny because sometimes we talk and I don't, I forget that maybe my family's listening or my mm-hmm. mom. And then I'm like, well, what did I say? Did I reveal something <laughs> that they've never known about or, you know? Anyway, it's it's fun. It it's, is. It's nerve wracking thinking that maybe your parents listen to it. I know my dad doesn't. But my mom's not a, like, I asked her one day, I think it was at Thanksgiving, if she had any hometown murder stories. And she was just like, oh, no, and then walked away. <laughs> and so I was like, OK, that's great. But uh, I will. Ha- I Oh, so when I, I called her yesterday about the broken toe. Or, yeah. No, no. Night of Halloween party. Right. I called her because I had called her in a panic to go like, what do I do? So she, my mom works in the healthcare profession. Um, she's essentially a vampire. She takes your blood and, and looks at it. Nice. She doesn't drink it, but you know. Um, that you know of. That I know of. And uh, she called me and was trying to give me some advice. And in the background, uh, I hear a guy's voice and I go, who's that? And all I hear is, it's the serial killer. Hi. <laughs> so, yeah, because my mom's got a new boyfriend and he seems pretty cool. I haven't met him yet. And we, I keep joking with her like, this guy sounds like a fucking serial killer. Uh, and she told him? And she Don't told tell him. the serial killer that yeah. he's a serial killer. Yeah. I said, well, he be- you better make sure you remind him that your daughter's a murderino and that she's keeping an eye on him. But so now he like plays it up and he's like, hey, it's the serial killer. Blah, blah. And he told me, uh, <laughs> yeah, on Saturday, he's like, don't worry, I'm just a psychopath. I go, oh, good. Just a psychopath. That gets a pass. You can be a psychopath without being a serial killer. Yeah, hopefully he's not. He seems pretty cool. Anyways, so he maybe maybe I'll get maybe I'll get him to listen to it. Maybe he'll he'll yeah. listen to it. And maybe. that'll be like my mystery serial killer boyfriend mm-hmm. of Jenna's mom's. Will. Will. Yeah. Nye. but uh yeah your family's cool mine will be eventually when they start listening to it yeah i do yeah yeah not all of my family listens to it no 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 but like they're they've been very supportive of us so far which is awesome i don't think i've like sent it out enough to my family to go hey guys you should really listen to all this because i'm so nervous I don't think, none of my brothers have listened to it yet that's okay my one brother who actually talks to me you know who you are <laughs> who doesn't talk to me okay they both talk to me we get along great but Marte. one doesn't really communicate that much with us Aww. even when we call him he doesn't call back but my other brother um joel oh he, he calls and he's like oh yeah he goes I, i'm gonna start listening to your podcast I don't think he's done it yet, but he's busy too. Get on it. Listen, That's okay. you don't have to listen to the podcast, Mm-mm. okay? I love you regardless. Yeah. Both brothers, even the one who doesn't really <laughs> call me that I much. love my brother too. That's Just good. wanted to say that. Okay, <laughs> Okay. listen, we love our families. Yeah. Everybody's awesome. Okay, so let's get back to this crazy murderer. And okay. back to the story. Okay, so yeah, this psych physiatrist, whatever. So big time doctors examine him. <laughs> So their, one of their conclusions is that Gandino, Gandino was driven by almost a primeval animal instinct to kill. They declared that he felt absolutely no remorse for his crimes and was extremely dangerous and should spend the rest of his days in a lunatic, lunatic asylum. 
Some argued that his crimes were the result of abuse, while others pointed out the numerous physical and mental anomalies about the boy and argued that he was, in fact, mentally disabled. The two judges overseeing the case agreed that he had not been responsible for his actions and that he was therefore transferred to the high-security wing of Las Mercedes Hospital. There, his antics continued. Not only did he try to escape, but he also attacked a paralytic patient, tried to strangle one patient in his bed, and put poison in another patient's teeth. Holy shit. Yes. Meanwhile, the police were trying to find the body of, the, of his first victim, the girl uh, that the, they said he buried, he buried alive. alive. Yeah. So Godino pointed out exactly where he had killed her. But by the time, by that time, a two-story building had been built on top of the site. No. So neither the architect nor the builders had found any traces of a body. Oh. Now, I don't know how it is, but sometimes could they have found traces of body and never said anything because mm-hmm. then it would have stopped production? I don't know. That's my own opinion. I did not because that, that would put a big that would put a big bit of a halt on. Yeah, and sometimes you get like a bonus if you finish at a certain point or if you finish early. Anyway, uh, but one detective took it upon himself to investigate all the reports of missing children in the area from March to April of 1906 in his own free time. Oh, that's awesome! He Yay! Did, yes, thank that, you. Yes, that's props for that detective. Uh, he discovered that a three-year-old girl had been reported missing to authorities and had never been found. Hmm. Her name was Maria Rosa Fa- Face. And she is now officially believed to have been Godino's first victim. So while in the insane asylum, a doctor treated him as his pet project, developing crackpot theories later resurrected by the Nazis. What? That physical characteristic could be linked to moral depravity. (gasps) So this is a whole other wing, which I'm not going to go into. But again, super into like, you look weird. You got to be fucked up. Yeah. And so that's like a whole moral thing. Like, oh, you know, I didn't want to get in. I mean, obviously this person is fucked up. But could there have been something more? Could there have been some sort of... uh, you know, mental state he was in. You know, like, there is a lot going on. Either way, it's a hor- he's a horrible person. Yeah. Um, it's like the case with the elephant man. Like, he didn't... He was such a gentle person. Yes. And, like, well, the, the person that they based the movie The Elephant Man on, like, yeah. even though he had physical, like, deformities... There was nothing wrong with him. And yeah. if they just assume that he was going to be a harmful person, that's just wrong. To because, just, yeah, because of the way he looked. Yeah. In but, this case, he's a horrible person. Oh, he's and a also, fucking horrible person. Also happens to have physical traits. But, oh, excuse me. There we go. Jenna. I was about to say Jenna, so they know it's not me. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the <laughs> gross one. I can't burp with making noises. I, I think you attempted that on the very, very first episode that doesn't exist. No, I think I just said Maybe I Maybe it was a second one. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so I, as Godino continued to raise hell in the asylum, many newspapers were expressing outrage and perceived lenience of his, uh, and perceived lenience on his sentence because they think it was not a harsh sentence. Like he just gets <laughs> yeah. to live in the asylum and still try to commit things. Now there's a, a beautiful write-up that one journalist wrote up. I don't, I was going to write it, but I didn't. It was beautiful in the sense of, not beautiful, like beautiful in the sense of like pointing out why this is wrong. Oh, okay. But anyway, so as, because he was only 16, he was too young to face the death penalty. But pos- prosecutors, with the public opinion rising against Gondino, obtained a retrial this time. And the teenager was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Good. He first went to a jail in Buenos Aires 
Uh, but in 1923, he was transferred to one of the toughest jails in Latin America. There's a name here. I don't know how to say it. Yushuya. Well done. Thank you. Yushuya. Yushia. Otherwise known as the prison at the end of the world. So it's located in Argentina's southernmost tip. And it was good as any place to banish this national embarrassment. Mm-hmm. In 1927, doctors in the jail performed surgery on his ears to try to curb his aggressiveness. Because again, <laughs> physical attributes obviously can make people kill and angry. But unsurprisingly, this didn't do any good. What? So he you don't say. Yeah, I know. He spent 30 years in jail without a single visitor, a letter, and was refused parole three times. And also so ashamed of him. His parents and siblings all moved back to Italy. Oh. Yeah. On November 15th, 1944, Godino died in his cell at the age of 49 under suspicious circumstances. His death certificate states that he died in his cell as a result of internal bleeding brought on by an ulcer. But stories say that he died soon after he'd received a tremendous ass kicking (laughs) at the hands of his fellow prisoners. Unrepented to the end, he just hadn't been able to resist throwing the much-loved prison cat in an oven. Oh. Leave the fucking cat what? alone. Piece of shit. Holy shit. And that's why he got his ass kicked, and that's why he died. Mm. Wow, that's horrible. And that is the horrible, horrible story of the um, Argentina's jug-eared monster. Holy crap. What a, what a little shit. He was a little shit. He was a little monster. That is that is sort of like the story that horror movies are based on. Yeah. Do you know of any um, references in movies to him? Like, um, you know what? I I normally I didn't do as much research as I had before, mostly because I didn't have the time. That's okay. Um, but I looked up. That's when I was looking up on Wikipedia. God love Wikipedia. Um, just to try to make sure one to find out it's real and to try to match up. But I didn't see anything, but I didn't really look into it hard because sometimes the problem with researching things, especially things a little bit later, mm-hmm. the dates sometimes don't match up. Yes. And it pisses me off. Like the last one I did, uh, Lizzie Halliday, mm-hmm. you know how was, the dates were so varying? It drove me crazy. Like, first of all, her date of birth was like a six-year wingspan i was like that's huge but anyway like from wikipedia to other references they would say yeah. one thing and then wikipedia and would say another even yeah. within wikipedia it'll say like um a year and yeah. then when it goes into those little like tiny bit facts mm-hmm. it'll say another year i'm like well you just oh, said that's interesting yes it was weird i started oh, sorry i started looking at all of the references where wikipedia was citing all of their information and some i have to say some of the links that are there yeah. in my from my spory spory my spory my story specifically yeah. uh, just linked to blank pages so I was like I don't know but it's yeah and I, try, it's, I like to check more than one yeah thing, but like the Lizzie Halliday one it was like so many where like, you just want to keep looking and looking and I'm like okay, you got to stop at some point yeah say the story if there's absolutely a, if there's a problem email Jenna. DJ solve it. <laughs> i love it yeah we're gonna we're gonna get some stuff wrong and and you know yeah as we could we could do research till we're blue in the face but you guys want stories and so we have a time frame that we have to deliver them in and this is what you get so and there are still awesome stories they are, this was a mate that was a great story what a good story for spooky scary halloween 
Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn next, but let's take a quick break and then uh, return. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Cool. I'm just going to adjust myself. Oh, that was really fucking good. That was a good story. It was fucked up. That That's was... what I was doing. I was like, I don't know. Can I do this? Can yeah, I do this? You totally can. Yeah. Oh, can I? Okay. Because I mean, child killers, it was more fascinating in a sense that it was a kid doing the killing. Yeah. So it was kid killing kids. At seven years old with yeah. everything sort of, with all of, with everything that led up to it, the condition of the slaughtered cattle in the street and the garbage. Yeah. Like I'm wondering how old he was exposed to all of this was this like a you know you know like um like public hangings you know yes, that was like yeah. a popular thing yeah. to go and watch i'm wondering if how how old was there not i mean i guess there was a lot of fucked up people back then too yeah can i tell you a little story yeah yeah so one day back home we went to an alpaca farm oh cool um yeah because alpacas are the best yeah, mm-hmm. you eat your apple and um mm-hmm. anybody with chewing issues are gonna have a problem jenna's eating an apple um, 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 oh. um. It's okay. I like it. Okay. Um, and the people were gone because you can go and you kind of pet their alpacas. I mean, they come right up to you, so you can pet them anyway. And then you can go in the house and buy alpaca stuff, which is the best, by the way. Alpaca wool is so fucking oh soft. Alpaca socks are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we're there. It was Dexter, myself, and my parents. And... <laughs> You could tell that sometimes my thinking, especially when I'm back home, is different because all three of them thought differently than I do. And you're going to think it's our thinking is in reverse. All of a sudden, from around the corner, a man whose um, like shirt is rolled up, his hands and arms are filled with blood and he's carrying a knife, like a very long, sharp knife, like a kind of not quite like a machete, a little smaller. And he walks around the barn carrying walking towards us. Where their all thoughts were, what the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he's here to kill us in a sense. And I'm like, oh, he totally just sliced up an animal. <laughs> and I did. And I'm, I love animals and things usually make me cry so much when it has something to do with animals. But I also have, I think, because, you know, being raised where you are, you have to kill animals to eat. Mm-hmm. And this is a farm where um, I find sometimes like hunting, I not... I. Mm, I don't want to say anything bad about hunting, but sometimes it's just an abuse of power, I feel like. Yes, I agree, I 100% agree with you. I grew up with hunters in my family, and the mentalities... Here's what I'll say. like When you hear a hunter talk, if they talk about, about doing it for food and respecting the animal, yes. and if they talk in a very positive way and yes. not go, not start being macho, uh, I'm going to say macho about it and talk about, you know, I'm, I got to get a bigger gun because it has more power yeah. or my crossbow isn't powerful enough to sh- get the arrow right through the carcass. Like that, those type of, that way that you talk yeah. makes, it's like night and day. You're, and it's you, like, I need to kill as opposed to let's get meat. Yes. Like, I eat moose. I eat deer. Um, it's fantastic. It tastes wonderful. Deer's my favorite. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's why you're killing it. Like respect animals. I like, also don't feel like it's okay to kill baby moose. I have a problem with that. And everybody's like, well, if you kill one, you can, but you can have like a, like a, you can get a, whatever the, the tag yeah. for a baby or an adult or a mom. And I'm like, well, if you kill the mom, you see the baby there. Like, yeah. One time I dated this guy for a little bit and I'm like, so if you see the mom and the baby and they're walking together and you have a tag to kill a mom, you will just kill the mom in front of the baby. And he said, yeah. 
we didn't date for <laughs> we didn't no. date after that. I, yeah, I've got a big problem with that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way of doing it. You have like the animal. In my opinion, animals are are just as important to. Now, how do I say this? I mean, either way, you're going to insult somebody. It's I know. I guess be rude that's true. Vegetarians. No, not at all. I totally respect vegetarians and vegans. Mm-hmm. I will admit that I am not one. I would love to be one because sometimes I get so sad about what they're doing to these animals. Yes. Yeah, and um, it's 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 kind of a a fight between me. But it also, I need the protein yep. because I can't with other reasons, health reasons. I can't have seeds or beans or anything else that pretty much gives you protein. Yeah, I can't eat. So anyway, but yeah. So this guy comes around with his hands bloody and this knife in it, and I'm like. Oh, what are you cutting up? So I walked towards them when they're like, uh. Anyway, he had just killed a cow, uh-huh. one of his own cows. Um, they killed they kill one and they cut him up and that's what they eat all winter. They oh. freeze it, yeah. And we went to go see and he had just. If you guys don't want to hear this, stop for five seconds. Uh, sliced the whole stomach and you know you take the innards out. So he was just taking out all the inside. Mm-hmm. And it was really sad to see, but at the same time, fascinating. And because he killed his own cow and he, he, that's what he eats all winter. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't, you know, he knows where it's coming from. There, uh, I did take pictures. I don't know where they are. And then I touched the cow and it's, it was eerie because it was still warm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we saw the liver, the huge liver, the heart. That'd be fascinating. It was, if you went in there only thinking, let's learn. Yes. Then it was okay. And that's how I had to think about it because... You know, everybody's surprised too. Like, I can't believe you're doing this, Julie. Like, I can't believe. But I'm like, no, it's still fascinating in a sense. But I had to be prepared in a way. Yeah. But yeah it was mostly the scene of this guy. <laughs> We're in the country, walking back with his hands full of blood, holding a knife. You think you'd put a knife down, but no, he was walking around with the knife. Any normal person's instincts would have been like, run away. I was like, oh, let's go see. Anyway, that's. That's that's such a fun story. It's weird. <laughs> like, yeah. And these are things when I realize, how have I not got murdered yet? But Please don't murder me. That's because we're smart. I don't know if that was a smart move, though. Well, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I, I think you clearly put two and two together logically and said, okay, well, this guy is just hanging out at a farm and he's got bloody hands and a knife. I don't think just a regular murderer would be wandering around ready to f- for his next kill so nonchalantly. If it was, it, he'd want to do it quick so no one would see him. See him. So true. this is, yeah. So I think your brain was like... This was my I survive story. <laughs> <laughs> I, sur- I survived a cow killing. I survived a cow killing. It, more people, I think, would have a lot more respect over how their meat gets to their table if they saw how yes. their, their, their meat is. And I would rather eat that cow... Yeah then you know factory factory yeah i agree and cows that don't have a life and are you know caged just like chickens Mm -hmm. and whatnot um but that's not how it works anymore it's all about the convenience of just being able to go to your grocery store and seeing the splendor in the package instead of knowing the truth behind it and you know so buy buy your chickens from three forks farm in warren ontario that's three forks farm in warren ontario Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is my favorite holiday, I figured it would be only fitting that I switched gears and did a Halloween themed murder. 
Yes, it's the art of Halloween. It's the art of Halloween today. Um, I know you're sitting there wondering, Jenna, what is it about Halloween that you love so much? Well, you're in luck. You'll tell me. I wrote it all down here oh. and I'm going to tell you. This is actually just going to be you talking about how much you love Halloween. It is. There's no murder. All about me. Um, so dead cow, but no murder. No dead cows. Okay. Maybe someone else is dead. Okay. So, uh, you get to have candy and pig out. It's like the best. Uh, give me the costumes. Goblins and ghosts scare me silly. That's sort of like, that's that's <laughs> what I love about Halloween. I love all of that. I they scare me silly. Yeah, it's the time silly of year. Silly fear. The fear. I, yeah, I love getting scared. It makes me feel alive. Uh, yeah. It's I don't the, like getting scared. I know uh, this is your story. Yeah, that's okay. I went downstairs yesterday just for a second. Um, the kids were watching TV downstairs, and so was Dexter. But I was in the creepy art room part, <laughs> and I guess he had crawled in, and he was crouched down at the bottom, but I didn't know. I was doing my thing, planning, getting ready for my class, and I walked around, and he jumped up, grabbed me, and scared me, and I screamed so loud <laughs> and so long. It was like, I was actually impressed after with the scream I had, because I had never heard myself scream that loud and that long. You're this a scream queen. little freaking asshole scared me. <laughs> And my throat hurt. Like, my throat was so raw and sore after because I screamed so loud. That's a powerful scream. It was. That's and he a really scared me once before, scream. and it takes me sometimes a couple of seconds to scream. You know when you're so scared you can't scream? Mm-hmm. This one I at least reacted right away, which I was proud of myself in a sense. But I screamed and I couldn't control it. Anyway. Holy shit. It was, yeah, anyway. Was so it? I hate getting scared. Fuck! Well, I, I'll i get scared but you for love you. It. I do. So I'll scare you from now on. Sweet. Okay. Gets my blood pumping. It's like an adrenaline. It makes you feel alive. It it, it does. It's like an adrenaline rush. And and that's the thing that really draws me to um, go to like haunted houses. Oh, fuck. And roller coasters. No, no. Oh, that's too bad. But Jenna, she's like, I believe I can fly. Yeah. Ooh. Scare me, I can touch the sky. Okay, okay. Keep, keep going. Now it's your story. I'll stop talking about me, 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 me. No, no, no. See, I'm talking about me, 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 me. So yeah, we can but both it's your talk time, about so me, 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 That's okay. I like to share. Excellent. Um, uh, but the, the, I think the, the big draw for me is it's, it's the perfect time of year where you can be, in my opinion, the most true version of yourself and really, really let your freak flag fly. That's Freak flag fly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. an alliteration if I've ever heard one. Well, yeah, I, you know, I like to use that all the time because it's true. This is the time of year where my love of skulls and dead dead things and murder, it, it seems like a normal thing to people, I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, my apartment looks like Halloween most of the time, but, you know, on ha- like during Halloween, it's amplified and people... Yeah are weirded out at Christmas when I've got skulls everywhere. <laughs> skulls eating candy canes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're wearing little tiny Santa hats. They don't wear tiny Santa hats, oh. but, but you should, I'll get maybe you this year. Okay. Maybe I'm, I feel like I'm going to get re- like, we, I think we talked about it. I'm going to get really into hell, uh, Christmas maybe. Okay. Cause you know, it seems like a, f- it's, I've got a reason to now 
before it was just like family drama I didn't want. And right. now it's, I get to write a, maybe a Christmas theme story and Ooh, we get Christmas to spend murders. Christmas together. Yeah. That'd be fun. What? My stomach is growling so loud. Oh no, I am kind of hungry too. We'll get, I, we should eat after, eat sometime soon. After class, before other class. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, Halloween is usually celebrated on October 31st. It's of Celtic origin. Uh, it's believed that many of today's Halloween traditions have or, uh, like originated from their harvest festival, especially uh, from the Gaelic festival of Sawin. Uh, it's, it's pronounced, uh, sorry, Sawin. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-M. It totally sounds differently than it's spelled, but that was the Gaelic holiday that they were trying to ward off spirits and it had a lot of influence in Druid and pagan traditions too. And Argentina does not celebrate Halloween. Um, I know a lot of places don't. Yeah. So I just assume everybody doesn't until I told otherwise. (laughs) It's very Americanized. Like we've taken as, you know, as we do, we steal a lot of other people's traditions and make it our own. Never. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I thought that would be interesting to tell you a little bit of a, a history lesson is where it came from. And um, we used to carve pumpkins from turnips. Wow. Yeah. Pu- tur- it was actually turnip carving instead of pumpkin carving f- at first. Turnip lantern? <laughs> doesn't have as much of a ring to it. But um, yeah. And you know, one of my favorite things about Halloween is trick or treating. Trick or treat. Trick or treating. <laughs> um, so yeah, Halloween candy is one of my favorite things about Halloween, and I'd like to tell you about a story surrounding Halloween candy. Oh. Uh, did your parents ever tell you don't eat candy until we check it? Yes. Um, or hearing stories from your friends about razor blades in their candy needles. or needles and stuff yeah. like that. Well, uh, even today, there's like still mass panic over shit being in your Halloween candy. Yep. But a lot of the stories about razor blades, pins, glass, and even poison showing up in your Halloween candy are actually exaggerated. I got, so a lot of my research came from Wikipedia and some, so Wikipedia murder, murder, uh, murderpedia and Snopes and Snopes is like a, um, it's a website to try to debunk urban legends or facts that many, many people, uh, get misinformation about. Yeah. I love this site. It's great. It's really, it's called again. Snopes. S-N-O-P-E-S. Okay. That's, yeah, so that's a lot of my research. That's where it came from. Um, One thing that Snopes confirmed was there has never been a documented case by police of poisoned Halloween candy being given out to kids. Yeah. There are many incidents, though, the media have tried to associate with the holiday, but it is clear that there is no murder case that has a person giving out Halloween candy to a random kid on Halloween. Yeah. So a lot like the story that I'm about to tell you is all about it, it is one is the case that has 
spotlighted this issue that we've had over the years where parents keep telling you, check your candy. Don't don't take this from strangers. Don't make sure. I mean, I think you should still check your candy, even if there was no information about it. Right. You're still getting candy from strangers. But this is it, the the media putting panic. Yes. With what? these stories. Media? Right. Putting panic in people's minds? <laughs> Jamais. <laughs> C'est être. This famous case has influenced over 45 years of misinformation about Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. This is the story of Timothy O'Brien, born April 5th, 1968. He had a younger sister, Elizabeth. They both lived with their mom, Danae. Danae. I think that's how you pronounce it. And father, Ronald, in Deer Park, T- Texas. On October 31st, 1974, Timothy was probably like most eight-year-olds, eager and looking forward to filling his traditional hollowed-out plastic pumpkin with candy. Do you remember those hollowed-out little plastic pumpkins? Those were awesome. They're way too small. They are. (laughs) Pillowcases, everyone. Uh, This year, his father and another neighborhood dad would be accompanying Timothy, his younger sister, and the neighbor's kids as they went on their trick-or-treating brigade. Unfortunately, due to a light rain, they had to cut it short and all went home after only about a half an hour. Oh, man. I know. First of all, light rain? Playing Come on. it Toughen on the up. rain. Toughen up. I know. Back when I was a kid. Yeah. We had to build our, our costumes that would fit on top of a snowsuit. Yes. Because there was so much snow up in the north. You got to wear your long johns underneath, raincoat galat. pants, mm-hmm. your everything. Mm-hmm. Kids. <laughs> Weak. Okay. Well, this is what happens with climate change. Um, uh, so when they return home, Ronald allowed his kids to have one piece of candy before they both went to bed. Both siblings picked a pixie stick. Elizabeth had trouble opening hers and fell asleep actually holding it. Timothy got his open and ate the whole thing. His father assisted him in the beginning as well because part of it was stuck. Like the pixie stick was stuck. It's kind of like solidified i don't know if you've ever had okay. that problem yeah, well, oh. yeah i guess if it got humid yeah the sugar kind of can, yeah congeal or if there's or like lick really moisture did you see the pens that we did for our halloween party no. so it was based on the movie the faculty and in the faculty uh josh hartnett fought fi- has like this drug that all the kids are taking and it's uh, sure to get you jacked up so we put pixie sticks and pens in reference to the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if anything got hardened in the pens, but it, it happens with moisture. Yeah. So his father assisted him getting it down his throat. It's good. I know. This is a weird description. I know. The dad was eager for his kids to have some midnight, or not midnight, just some can- Halloween candy. Ronald later, sobbing to reporters, said, 30 seconds after I left Tim's room, I heard him crying to me, Daddy, Daddy, stop, my stomach hurts. He was convulsing, vomiting, and gasping, and then suddenly his son went limp. No. Yeah. 94 minutes later... Eight-year-old Timothy O'Brien died en route to the hospital. Police found that the pixie stick was actually full of potassium cyanide. <gasps> That's what you were for Halloween. I was. I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when they took a look at the, the, his sister's pixie stick, it also had potassium cyanide in it. When police started their investigation, Ronald found himself aiding in their efforts to find the person who handed out the pixie sticks. Because, you know, as any concerned yeah. parent, you're like, who the fuck tried to kill my goddamn kids? Well, who did? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. They became suspicious, though, uh, when he tried 
when he kept giving the police a runaround saying he couldn't remember where he got the pixies, pixie sticks from. However, after finding out that the group only did two streets because of the weather, they grilled O'Brien further. The dad? Yeah, because, oh. I mean, if, if you're only doing two streets, yeah, you could kind know. of give a little bit of a... It, uh, more information going I think it was around this area so yeah. that the police can sort of yeah. pinpoint yeah. but he just said I have no idea at all huh. uh, so finally uh, Ronald took them around the neighborhood and they went around about three times before Ronald remembered things he actually remembered he he said uh, I think it was this house over here. So the police went to go investigate and knock on the door, but nobody was home. At the time the police went to the home, Ronald said he received the pixie sticks from. Yeah. So here's the weird detail that about the acquisition, acquisition, is it acquisition of the pixie sticks? Ronald left the group for a short bit because the kids were getting impatient and they wanted to move ahead. And he returned with five large pixie sticks, the same ones that were found in all five kids' trick-or-treat bags. Uh, so we've got Timothy and Elizabeth, uh, which were Ronald's kids. Yeah. The two neighborhood kids that the other dad had brought on the excursion. Right. And then Ronald had dropped another one in just a random 10-year-old boy's Halloween trick-or-treat bag. Luckily, none of the other kids were harmed. It was just Timothy, unfortunately, that had died from these pixie sticks. The four other kids were totally fine. Um, in one, in in the case of, uh, I'm not 100% sure. In one of the cases, though, and I don't know if it was the neighborhood's kids or this 10-year-old boy, the parent of this one child, this uh, particular child was so um, frantic about it. They went searching everywhere and actually found their child sleeping with the pixie sticks in their hand. It wasn't Elizabeth who okay. also was found with it in yeah. her hand sleeping, but they luckily got the pixie stick away from the kid yeah. and it and was okay. Yeah. He had trouble opening it, opening the oh, pixie sticks. something else in there, right? So because the pixie sticks, the pixie sticks, the pixie sticks were fucking stapled shut. Oh. That's how this asshole sealed back the pixie sticks with wow. just a staple. How stupid are you? Like, give me a freaking break. Okay, so a pathologist test test to a pathologist's test had concluded that Timothy's pixie stick had enough cyanide to kill two adults, but the other four pixie sticks had enough to kill three to four adults. Wow. Don't know if it's random. Don't know if it was a, like a meticulous, I know who I want to yeah. kill. But anyways, well, I'll... Where do you get the pixie sticks from? I'll tell you. I'll, ah! Hold on. <laughs> the house that O'Brien had said gave him the pixie sticks was owned by a man who wasn't home at the time uh, on Halloween either. He had been working till 11 o'clock. It was actually his wife and daughter that were the ones who handed out the candy, but they ran out of candy before Ronald and his group could even get to the door. And they had turned all the lights off on their house and just went to bed. So Ronald basically lied. lied. There was nobody answering the door. He didn't even go and ring the doorbell. That son he of just a bitch. Somehow miraculously showed up with five pixie sticks. Well, and also, okay, let's 
put the house aside for a second and pretend somebody was there. A grown-ass man goes up to the door and says, hey, can I have five candies so I can give to my kids? Yep. I'd be like, you're a freaking creep. Get the fuck out of here. Even in, 1970, in, even in the 1970s. It's weird. Why is there a grown-ass man? Yeah, sure, you have kids. You just want fucking candy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing, I guess, if you knew the people and they're like, oh, you can have candy for, you know, the kids. But, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, even by itself, it's fucked up. Okay. So this this information really helped narrow the police sus- suspect li- list down to one person. Because <laughs> I can narrow that shit down too. Could, well, I'm you would be. A, you're very smart then, because the, I think the police <laughs> came to the same conclusion. I'll tell. So smart. <laughs> As they continued to investigate, they uncovered that Mr. O'Brien had taken a life insurance policy out on his daughter and son, including adding a premium to the insurance policy. The total amount for the life insurance took uh, came to $60,000. So we've run into this question before where we're trying to figure out what the inflation is then yeah. from a different from a decade to now. This uh, life insurance policy in in 2018 would have been worth $325,000. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and action for the second time. <laughs> All right, we had to we had to stop for a bit, go to work, come back. Reset. Let's do this again. Thanks, toilet flushing. Did Bowie just flush the toilet? <laughs> it's, a, it's a mystery flush. We don't know where Ooh. it's coming from. All right, so let's recap. Okay. My story is all about Halloween candy and the misguidedness of the media when it comes to urban legends and things and spreading false rumors, yeah. false tale, false information. Yeah. And how the 45-year tradition of our parents going, make sure you check your candy before you eat it, has evolved from this this particular story, okay? So uh, last we left off, I had been telling you about the insurance policy that O'Brien had taken out on his kids. Right. So it was for $60,000, which is the equivalent of $325,000 today. Um, Shit. And Ronald's wife was consistent in her testimony, saying that she had no idea about the insurance policies out on her kids. Ronald, Ronald even called his insurance company to start the proceedings on the day his son died. <gasps> like, the, not the day, but the next the morning. Next morning. Yes. Wow. It came to light that Ronald had some financial troubles. He had tw- held 21 jobs. At the time, he was working as an optician. Ot, ot, optician? Op, optician? Optician. Optician? Yes. And was suspected <laughs> of theft, theft at his work. He I was, bet you he did it. Probably. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, when you're $100,000 in debt in yeah. 1970s, it's pretty, it's not good. His no. car was about to get repoed. Um, and he had defaulted on many bank loans. It seems the nail in the coffin on this case was when police found that he had visited a chemical supply shop in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween. Hmm. The reason he didn't buy anything, though, was because you needed to buy it in a large amount, uh, which was the minimum amount was five pounds, or for us Canadian folks, uh, 2.3 kilograms. Of, of cyanide in order to buy it from the supply company. And he phoned a chemist friend of his to ask how he could get cyanide and how much it would take to kill someone. <laughs> and the friend testified in court that 
why would you buy cyanide if you weren't killing anybody? Like, what do you need cyanide for? I know. I don't know what. Okay, that's what I'm like. Is that is there something that you could use cyanide for that I just don't know? That's an interesting question. I'd be curious to see. Like if... a regular Yahoo should not be able to go buy cyanide. Mm-mm. No, well, I think, I think, uh, and don't quote me on this. My opinion is from the 1970s, <laughs> rat poisoning, like just putting out like cyanide for rats without it being contained or putting a hazard sign or, or, or doing the taking the appropriate steps to keep it contained was not a thing. Like, and that's cyanide and rat poison. Is cyanide yeah. and arsenic the same thing? No. Okay. They're different, but they essentially do the exact same job, which oh, okay. is intended intent kill to kill. Right. Or things, animals, um, whatever. Yeah. So Cows in the streets. Uh, no. <laughs> Bring it back around. Okay. <laughs> oh, that'd be awful if you killed animals with cyanide, like uh, for food. And that'd be totally, yeah, I think no. you'd die. I don't want to die. Okay. Yet. Um, so this chemist friend actually went ahead and testified that yeah. this Good. transaction. I know. Yeah. Good. Like uh, the police never found where Ronald actually had purchased the cyanide from. But uh, on Monday, November 4th, police arrested Ronald O'Brien for the murder of his son, Timothy O'Brien. His trial began May 5th, 1975. He pled not, not guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Even though there is reasonable doubt, like clearly there's reasonable doubt in this case, I will be very honest. You know, we're seeing it in making a murder and the staircase. You have like there is no DNA ev evidence, no fingerprints, anything. It's just sort of testimony and co like coincidences or the the fact that he called the chemical supply company yeah. and the way that he took detectives around and sort of skirted it's like there's no proof but there's a lot of evidence in a yes sense. Uh, yes uh, not no clear no one's in the um, murderpedia article i read no one witness saw him do anything to the pixie sticks unfortunately right. so um so even though there is reasonable doubt the testimonies painted a very plausible picture of what he could, what he wanted to accomplish. The chemist friend testified um, that the inquiry into the cyanide and the question of how, how much would it take to kill a person happened in the summer of 1973. A chemical supply salesman testified that Ronald contacted him about purchasing cyanide as well. And friends and co-workers testified that O'Brien became kind of a chatty Cathy on the subject of cyanide and killing people, which was really odd behavior on his part. It was very unusual. He he just found yeah. an unusual hobby to talk about. Because, I mean, or not, you and I like, talk about it, and you texted me how it would take 1,150 almonds mm -hmm. to kill somebody. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> so, those are fun facts that I'm curious about. Yes. So it's hard to think, like, is he psycho or is he just curious? But obviously in this case... Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think for someone who's not privy to this kind of yeah. stuff, if they mention, hey, you know what? I wonder how much cyanide it would take to kill a person. How, you know, especially like, what would be their weight? What, how much would <laughs> they have to wait if I wanted to give them five pounds of, of, of uh, cyanide? That's a 
That's John, that's a really weird question to be asking me. <laughs> I'm your boss, and I'm asking you to give me those T- TPS reports. Can you this, come in on the weekend? This got awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my stapler? Um, okay, so moving on. His sister and brother-in-law said that someone, O'Brien, was bragging about a vacation he was going to be going on and and a couple new fancy items he was going to buy at his fucking son's funeral. And he said he was going to fund them with the insurance money that he was getting from the death of his son. At his son's funeral. Yeah, no, this guy's a piece of Um, shit. That two and two don't add up there. piece of shit. The defense argued that a mad poisoner, based on the urban legend, was the actual murderer. So there, up to this point, too, there's there were urban legends of of a mad scientist poisoning kids' candy, but no uh, no actual story came out like this one, where the new the the media like gravitated towards it and just exploded it everywhere. Yeah. It was national national yeah. news. So. They tried to use that angle of this like urban legend, but it didn't didn't do anything. If you remember from the beginning of my story, I mentioned that there is no documented case of police finding proof someone handed out candy with poison in it. So they really didn't have a leg to stand on, or should I say, pinky toe to stand on? Uh... They did have character witnesses that testified that Ronald was a sweet guy very kind to kids attended church regularly because that's solid fucking proof and that's a good defense yeah like (laughs) give me a break but he was very sensitive to his kids and was a very concerned parent but that that's that doesn't do anything your alibi where you were the night of the on halloween where you were leading up to the the incident plays a pivotal role in getting you acquitted and he had they did unfortunately his attorney didn't have anything uh so the defense's case was unfortunately weak with all the uh prosecution's testimony against ronald his attorney could really only argue that the prosecution was not able to prove that o'brien purchased the cyanide that killed his son on halloween in the end, on June 3rd, 1975, after only 45 minutes of deliberation, a jury found O'Brien guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. The jury also took only 71 minutes to sentence him to death. Whoa. <laughs> by cyanide. By lethal, by electric chair at first. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. By electric chair. Um, he was originally set to, to die in the electric chair, as my notes say, because <laughs> I don't know how to keep my place in my story. <laughs> but by 1984, they had changed the death penalty to lethal injection. Um, so maybe there was cyanide in there. I don't know. What, what was what, the date that he died on? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, birthday's in my, my date of birth is 1984. March 31st, 1984. Uh, so just before you were born. Okay. A couple months before. Uh, but he maintained his innocence up until the day he died. He said he didn't do it. How do you... I, then where did he get your pixie sticks, buddy? 
Yeah. So, like, he's just saying, like, what did he, he said that he just got them from a house. He from the house that nobody was at. At first, he said he did, couldn't remember, and then after the police were like, "Buddy, you only did two streets. You have to remember a general location of where you, because you only were, you were the only person." to pick up these pixie sticks. Now, I don't know if the police went around and talked to other parents in the neighborhood and checked those candy bags to see if... Um, oh, I'm sure they did. So my take on it is they sort of narrowed in their investigation on this family in particular and these five kids because maybe no other kid in the neighborhood had these individual pixie sticks. So... Whoa. Because if other kids did, then you then there would be questions of okay, well, if you have the same pixie stick, jo- Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you get them from? Where did you get yeah. them from? But no, that, I'm sure that I'm sure they did because yeah, it's true. Those are the only five. Was though yeah the the, the two, neighborhood the, the two kids mm-hmm. his two kids the, the two random kids that he came year old. with and then the one random ten year old yes that he put it in no that's so it's up. I mean. It's very, very likely that he did do it, but there's act, like no a DNA little, physical evidence, a unfortunately. Thread of doubt, or there is, you know, and 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 you know, lots of serial killers maintain their innocence right up until the day they die. That's died, true. But or they pick and choose what they confess to, yes. even though they have, you know, like, you know, all these people are like, okay, listen, you did this. So yeah. O'Brien was executed at 12.48 on the morning of March 31st, 1984, by lethal injection. This case gained national attention, especially when a detective talked to an Associated Press reporter that parents should, quote-unquote, get rid of all the Halloween candy collected by their kids. So then that, that Associated Press reporter took it, every news station gravitated towards it and just blasted it out like Halloween candy could be deadly blah 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 does your do you know what's in your kids Halloween candy yeah and then stories of like razor blades and pins and I remember going out and I've had a few friends go oh I remember last year when so-and-so got Halloween candy and there was actually razor blades in the candy and I believe them now I'm like bullshit and yeah, it's a story. But my thinking is like, the more you talk about it, the more somebody would be likely to do it. Yes. Like, oh, shit. That is a good idea. Yeah. And I want to I want to say that I'm not saying don't don't like question everything. Yeah. You know, absolutely check your candy, because just like Julie said, we are talking more and more about this idea of fake news someone may just get the sick disgusting idea of going you know what i hate kids so much i want to ruin their halloween because there are assholes out there like that yeah don't fucking ruin anybody's halloween i'll come and find you (laughs) you know what my favorite part of your story is what that not just one but two kids fell asleep holding their pixie sticks so weird like what the hell is that all about Mm -hmm. like first of all Get that pixie stick out of your hand. Yeah. It's bedtime. Don't eat candy before bed. Mm-mm. I mean, and I get it. Halloween, you can have your candy. But like right before bed, you got to brush your teeth and everything. So like, what? It was so hard to open this pixie stick to like, I'm just going to, what if I tear it with my teeth and then I just, uh, oh, I'm getting so tired. 
Oh, and just <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> or good reenactment. What if I, I I just pictured it? What if there was a little bit of cyanide and they're trying to break it with their teeth and they just get a touch of it in their mouth? Can that make them sleepy? <gasps> and they're That's like a good slightly question. poisoned, like barely poisoned, but just slightly, and then they just fall asleep. I'm gonna make a note to find <laughs> to research what potassium cyanide poisoning is like. Like. How much do you need to ingest? The timing it takes, what it does to your body. I'm I'm curious now that you mentioned Guys, that. If I die of cyanide poisoning, I did it. You know who did it? This is my confession. <laughs> These are my confessions. Yeah, forgot that. What? Who? Who sings that? Uh, Don't I'm Asher? Maybe. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That sounds about right. This is me. I'm thinking it's either Usher or Justin Timberlake. <laughs> like those are the only two options. Do they even sound the same? No. But for some reason, I'm trying to think. These are my confessions. I think it's Usher. It sounds like. What I I would like to confess to you that th- this is not the only case of tampered Halloween candy. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In 1970, a five-year-old boy named Kevin Tostin died after slipping into a coma from a heroin overdose. However. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's not a case of Halloween candy getting poisoned. It's a random case. After his Halloween candy was tested, it was found to have been sprinkled with heroin. But the, And the media failed to update and report that the kid had accidentally got into his uncle's heroin. And the family was using the, the Halloween candy as a cover-up to uh, not get the uncle yeah. convicted. In 1964, another case of the mad Halloween poisoner uh, came from Greenland, New York, where a housewife named Helen Fell had decided to play a trick on the older kids trick-or-treating that night because she was super pissed that teenagers were trick-or-treating. Can we not? Can we just say this? Everyone should be able to go trick-or-treating. Yes. If you're dressed up. Yep. I'll give you candy. Yep. Yep. I don't care if you're 50. If you come to my, if you, on Halloween specifically. Okay, I'm sorry. If you're 50. What? You're a man. Or who's 50. La- what about a lady? Wearing a mask and a trench coat coming yeah, up to my door. No. Asking for candy. At least be clever about your it's costume. Not, it's not working. Be clever. <laughs> if he was like old school Batman, I'd be like, hell yeah, you can have some candy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go as Adam West. Um... But uh, she was mad at the teenagers. She, yeah, she was mad at these teenagers. So she, so what it was, she had put a package together of inedible treats and handed it out to these like delinquents. She thought were delinquents. Um, they inside the package there was arsenic, arsenic laced ant poison buttons. I have no idea what. The, yeah. Apparently, they were these little tiny buttons that were for. It killing ants but it even had like a cross cro- a skull and crossbones to go don't touch this something or other with your bare hands uh, it had steel wool pads in it <laughs> dog biscuits and uh yeah that's it so it was uh that's yeah awesome. these buttons dog biscuits and steel wood pa- steel wool wool pads steel wool pads are pretty cool because you can light them on fire and take some really cool slow-mo photography with it and like spell names and stuff and make it look really cool and sparkly i know you could also do that with a sparkler you could (laughs) (laughs) i like 
And you I want to do it the there. harder way okay. where there's where potential for you to burn your yourself. Hand. Okay. I mean, I fucking broke my pinky toe on Halloween <laughs> or on my, at my Halloween party. I'm ready to, to just let you your know, eyelashes on fire. Yep. Sacrifice. You got to make sacrifices. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, no one was actually harmed Good. with these like little packages. Uh, but she she did put these teen, teens in danger and pled guilty to child endangerment. She received a suspended sentence, which I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I just took it. Um, she had to be suspended from ropes for X amount of time. <laughs> That's no, a suspended sentence. She wasn't allowed to ever, ever ha- hand out Halloween candy ever again. Unless she was suspended. <laughs> in air. <laughs> <laughs> from a tree nice that has a noose no oh. no i took that, a, Whoa, that i went that, dark that went too far that i went, went too far Jenna. anyways just awesome. be careful with your halloween candy check your candy yeah but don't be too paranoid yes you know what be too paranoid i don't care i'd rather be too paranoid than not paranoid enough let me tell you this i'm still going to eat my children's candy that's a good idea that's what i'm gonna do I will check it, but I will still eat it. Yeah. Can I eat some of your kids' candy, too? Sure. Even though I have an entire cupboard full. Oh, that's true. I should I have a couple of before I leave. You totally should. Okay, I will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, trick-or-treating is so much fun. Please enjoy it. Please be safe with your kids out there. No children should be listening to this podcast, but I'll just go have fun trick-or-treating kids that aren't listening to this podcast. Or have fun parents going trick-or-treating with yes, your kids. Enjoy it. I'm going to be handing out ambient toasts <laughs> to all the kids coming. And it's going to have our <laughs> podcast name, oh, Urgent, on the other side. That would have been awesome. It would have been. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll design like an ambient toast pin or something and we nice. can do that as some on merchandise. On the toast, this is like glowing, could say the art of murder. <gasps> Shit, yeah. I'm going to have to change our, our freaking uh, logo again. Oh, no. It's staying the same. Yeah. This same is the same. final final re- revision where we've locked in on our logo it's now. It's the final countdown. It's the final countdown. Every time I listen to that song, it just reminds me of Arrested Development. Never saw it. I'll have to, you'll have to watch it with me. I apparently have to watch a lot. I've got to work in less. The banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand. Okay. Just remember that. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, well, so happy Halloween, everybody. Yes, happy Halloween. Be safe, everyone. Yes, please be safe. Ambient toast. Ambient toast. <laughs> I had I don't know. I gotta go to work. Yeah. All right. Oh. That's it. Okay. This podcast is done. Nice. We finished recording.